Welcome to Life Unleashed. I'm Sarah Hodgson, author, dog trainer, and behavior expert, helping pets and their people for nearly 40 years. I've created this podcast to demystify your pet's behavior, spreading the philosophy that training should be fun, fear-free, and inclusive. This is Life Unleashed. Hey, it's Sarah Hodgson with another episode of Life Unleashed. Today, we're talking about separation anxiety. It's like the catch-all phrase for when dogs don't like being left alone. And I would say that most dogs in America have some form of anxiety when left alone. Separation anxiety actually is a physiological state where the dog falls apart has basically a panic attack every time you leave the building. But today, I'm going to talk about separation anxiety and its lesser form, isolation, distress. I might use words interchangeably. And the reason why so many dogs have anxiety these days is because they're afraid. And they're afraid of being abandoned. They're afraid of being left alone. The Interesting fact, I love to say fun fact, but in this episode, there's not a lot of fun facts. The interesting fact is that there is a lot you do, or I should say we all do, that reinforce our dog's anxiety. So what does that mean? You're like, oh my God, I thought my dog was just anxious. I didn't realize I was doing things to reinforce their anxiety. But yes, it's true. Two things are true. Actually, one, dogs do get anxious. We all do. And two, there's a lot of things we do in today's society that reinforce our dog's anxiety. Like when we come in and our dogs are super hyped up to see us, we think that's, oh, they're excited they missed us. And it's probably true, they did miss us. But the hyperactivity which is generally not a normal state for most dogs, but a state dogs get into when we come home, that hyped activity is because they were so afraid of being abandoned. So when we come in and our dogs are all hyper to see us and then we're petting them and loving on them and so excited back, what you don't realize is you're reinforcing the anxiety of being left alone. If you think of like your kid or your partner, your spouse, like if every time you went out to get milk and came home, they dropped everything and ran up to you and gave you a bear hug and, oh my God, I missed you. You're gone 20 minutes. Thank you for coming home. You would think there was something seriously wrong with them. But when our dogs do it, we don't process it the same way. So we're going to look a lot today on what I call human training for dogs and what you can do to reassure your dog that you would never abandon them, that they should never be afraid you're not coming home, what you can do to reinforce that every day in a million different ways. Even going to the bathroom and coming out, some dogs feel really anxious when you close the bathroom door. Some dogs feel anxious when you're on the phone. They're checking in with you every 30 seconds. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you still love me? Those are all seeds of anxiety. And I'm going to help you see that there are some little quick hacks to helping reassure your dog that you're there for them, that you love them, that you never abandon them, and that they don't have to be fearful that would ever happen. 
So don't worry if your dog has separation anxiety. Today I'm going to go over the roots of it, little things we can do to reassure them, and I'm also going to give you some examples from my everyday work as a dog trainer. Okay, so let's get started. Here's a quick question. What emotion is at the base of your dog or puppy's separation anxiety? I'll give you a hint. It's a four-letter word. It starts with the letter F. And no, it is not that four-letter word. What is at the base of your dog's anxiety is fear. It's actually at the base of all anxiety. If you think of yourself, if you get anxious, maybe you're anxious going on stage to talk, maybe you're anxious going to a party or even changing cellular carriers, it's all fear. You're afraid it won't be good enough, you'll be judged. So a dog's separation anxiety at the base of it is fear. Fear you won't come back, fear they'll be abandoned, fear that something bad will happen when they're left alone. So the roots of fear come back to the earliest days of puppyhood when they're first separated from their litter. Until that time, they haven't been left alone ever, if at all. They, if they come from a big litter, they've always been in physical contact with other puppies. And when we bring them home, there is a grieving period, right? There's, there's confusion. And not even that they can cognitively say it, but you can see that they're a little lost without their first family. Now, what happens in the middle of the night when you first get a puppy home is that they often cry out. It's, it's said to take two to four days for them to stop crying out in the middle of the night and to be able to hold that deep sleep that they need. So what happens when they cry out? Obviously, they're crying out for their mother and their litter mates. They're feeling alone. And sometimes, you know, we're not there and they learn to cope. And other times we kind of race in to rescue them. And I understand this. You feel badly. Anybody cries out, you want to go and reassure them. But what's interesting with dogs is that when you reassure them for crying out, what you're actually reinforcing is the fear of being alone. I always recommend when you first bring a puppy home, if they're crying out in their crate, yes, they are crying out because they miss their litter mates and they're confused and they're alone. But I recommend just sticking your fingers in there, keeping the room super dark and reassuring them when they settle down. If on the other hand, you already have a puppy or you have a dog and you did what most American, modern Americans do when their puppy cries out. They open the crate, they reassure the puppy. And actually what's getting reinforced is your reassurance that when they're scared, you will come and reassure them, which on the face of it sounds like a great idea, right? But the problem is when you actually do have to leave to go to work or to be with another family member, the anxiety only grows. So that's generally what's at the root of a puppy's anxiety, is that it is hard to be a little puppy. It is hard to be alone. What you want to be focusing on is developing self-soothing activities. So when the puppy is left alone, you alone are not their only solace. But often when a puppy is little 
and we're in that blush, that honeymoon period of finally bringing the puppy home, reassurance when they're crying out gets translated into a fear of being alone. So as the puppy matures, they get reinforced for a variety of distress signals. For example, you're sitting with your puppy, the phone rings, or you're sitting with your puppy and the kids come home. And all of a sudden your focus is no longer on the puppy, but it's on the phone or the kids, or uh, maybe you have to leave the room to do something. And the puppy noticing you're not there has a reaction to that. Maybe they cry out, Maybe they are pacing around, and when they finally see you, they're in such an excited burst of, oh, you're back, that they get hyper-reactive or impulsive. They jump up. They might mouth. Now, in that moment, if you reinforce them, you're, in essence, reinforcing the hyperactivity that resulted from their being isolated away from you. So the little tips I'm going to give you will focus on timing. You're not going to worry if your puppy misses you because you can't really control that, but you can reinforce your puppy for being calm. You can reinforce your puppy for going to their mat or their little blanket. You can reinforce your puppy for chewing a bone. So again, it's not that we can eliminate your dog or puppy's anxiety, it's what we focus on that we reinforce. And what we're going to focus on is self-soothing activities, calm behavior versus the impulsivity that results from the anxiousness of being left alone. So let's say that your puppy has matured or we're looking at a maturing puppy who has been reinforced for a lot of impulsivity and hyperactivity. If it's a little dog and it gets anxious and it jumps up on you, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up, and you pick that puppy up in the moment of that hyper-isolation anxiety. Now you have a little dog that does not like being left alone, that doesn't even like not being physically Velcroed, sitting in your lap or climbing up on your leg. So now the puppy who is maturing into a, a dog shows even greater intolerance for being separated from you. How do you know? Well, this dog has trouble even taking a nap. They have trouble holding themselves still if you leave the room or you leave the house for any duration. There's a lot of pacing. There's a lot of pet me now behavior, whether it's staring or barking at you or clawing or trying to climb in your lap. This dog has a hard time turning the world off and really only seems satisfied or happy when you're touching them or you're physically engaged with them. That is a dog that has isolation distress, which is simply doesn't like being left alone, or separation anxiety, which is real focus on one person, a hyper strong attachment to one person so much so that that person's disappearance 
causes a physiological, aka a panic attack, when they're not accessible. So signs that your dog is experiencing separation anxiety. The overarching sign is that they can't relax when you're out of the house or you're busy or you can't pay attention to them in the moment. So to pinpoint the behaviors that a dog experiencing fear and anxiety would show, they will pace, they sometimes shake. If they're in an enclosure, they might spin or claw to get out. They might pee and poop. You could just envision this dog having a panic attack at being left alone. It can't hold still. Some dogs will cry and howl. Some dogs actually try to escape. You want to think of your home as the den. It should be their safe place. But dogs that experience anxiety feel very unsafe. They feel trapped when you leave them alone. A dog experiencing low-level anxiety or a dog showing signs of early separation stress will follow you around. They'll Velcro. If you're busy, if you're talking to another person or on the phone or watching TV, they'll often paw or headbutt you or jump in your lap. They just cannot stand moments where you are not united, where you're not focusing on them and 100% accessible. Now, these dogs have to learn the phrase, hey, I'm here, but I'm not accessible right now. You can function without me. And this is what we're going to talk about now is kind of how, how do we start resolving a dog's misunderstanding? So maybe you're having like an aha moment, like, oh my God, I've totally reinforced my dog's separation anxiety. So what do you do about it? Number one, don't worry. Worry carries a certain odor. So if every time you're gearing up to go, you're feeling guilty, you are feeling so badly, you're focusing on your dog, pleading for them to understand you just have to go out for work. Number one, stop the worry. Because fun fact, dogs can smell our hormones. So worry carries a certain odor that will cue your dog into developing anxiety. So number one, you want to reassure your dog that they can cope. Number two, you want to give your dog some really appropriate self-soothing activities. So a self-soothing activity for a person might be like an iPad. But a self-soothing activity for a dog could be a really insatiable bone. Dogs love to chew, and chewing gets rid of a lot of the energy and adrenaline that can kind of feed into their anxiety. So you maybe a self-soothing chew. They have busy toys, foraging mats, licky mats. You want to kind of highlight your departure means that your dog gets something. Even highlight that, hey, I got to have a plumber here for a bit, but you're going to get a licky mat from the freezer or you're going to get a bone. You want to cue your dog into the fact that when this happens, either I'm leaving or have to be on the phone or I'm watching TV, you get to do this and just make sure that this is something your dog really enjoys. I also recommend that you create like a safe place or a happy place for your dog that your dog can go into when they want to calm down. So instead of leaving your dog in a windowed kitchen overlooking the driveway where you'll be 
coming and going, you might want to create a room that has some comfortable dog beds or furnishings that your dog is allowed on. Darken the room. Dogs feel most safe when there's less light. Light is in, invites their interest and piques their curiosity. And you want to play some sound-canceling noise or music. White noise. They've actually done studies to show dogs like reggae. So you have a room that's dark, that's nice and quiet, that you know could be your bedroom or a place where your office, where they spend time and they do feel safe. Create comforts in that room with maybe some old sweatshirts or pillows that your dog can rest while you go out. And don't forget those self-soothing activities. So come up with a routine when you go out that you're going to leave your dog in a safe room. You're going to make it nice and dark. You're going to play some sound-canceling music, and you're going to leave them with some toys. And that's the new routine. And you're going to feel really positive about this so that your dog doesn't get triggered by your fear and disappointment and worry. When you are organizing these new routines, please revamp your departures and arrivals. First, break down your departures into the various steps that are might trigger your dog, such as maybe drying your hair or picking up the car keys or getting dressed or putting on certain shoes. Whatever those triggers might be, Again, take them one at a time and link them with a more positive association. Doing some little trick training or some obedience training as you carry around your purse. And when you're doing that, don't leave. So pick up your purse, walk around, do some treats, put your purse down. If the hair dryer triggers it, carry your hair dryer, take it into a different room. Turn it on and throw some treats on the floor and play Find It, one of my favorite games. If your coat triggers your dog to get nervous, put on your coat and out of the pocket, take a favorite toy and play a game so that now your dog can't necessarily track your departure step by step. Another important part of revamping their associations to these routines that they've grown accustomed to is... Make sure that your arrival is very low key. If you come in and they get hyped and you get hyped in return, or you come in and get frustrated because they've chewed the wall or they've peed all over your new couch, either instance reinforces the dog's anxiety. So make sure all your arrivals are low key. Uh, Make sure you walk into a quiet room and encourage your dog to sit or to grab a toy before engaging them. So again, let's turn all your everyday habits and routines on their tail. Let's come up with a new association to your coming home, that it's a calm event, and break down your departures so that your dog's not getting triggered every time you pick up the car keys. The last thing I want you to practice, you're going to have to practice all day long. I call it the peekaboo solution. So we're first going to format that when your dog wants your attention, they have to do a specific behavior. The behavior I have my dogs do before I give them attention is I have them go to a mat and sit down. 
if they're excited, they can also grab a toy or a bone. But before I give my dogs attention, I have them do a certain behavior. Go to a mat with a toy or a bone or sit down. Then I give them attention. Maybe your routine is they grab a tennis ball when you come in and you wait until they've calmed down. Maybe it's that they grab a bone when you come in. But you're going to have a specific routine that's guaranteed to get your attention every time. Now, the peekaboo solution comes in here. When your dog shows an anxiety motivated behavior, maybe jumping on you, maybe barking at you, maybe sticking their nose under your hand and flicking it or pawing at you. When your dog does an anxiety signal to you, what you're going to do is you're going to take your two hands in two flat palms and simply hold them over your face. When you do this, what you're doing is taking away your accessibility. So you are now covering your face and your eyes. I'm doing it in studio. You can hear my voice disappearing. You cover your face with your hands so that your dog starts to learn when I show that behavior, when I jump on them, when I claw them, they actually do the opposite. They disappear. Wait until your dog will listen to a command like sit or on their mat and then reinforce that behavior. It's the hardest thing I teach. It's what I call opposite action response, or or. When your dog's doing a behavior you want to extinguish, simply cover your face and wait until they've calmed down and are offering a more polite behavior, like sitting or lying down on their mat. Okay, here are five things you're going to do this week to start calming your dog's anxiety. Number one, don't be a house elf. Don't be your dog's servant. If they want your attention and they're clawing, pawing, staring at you, whining, barking for it, simply take your hands and cover your face. Teach them how to ask politely for attention. If your dog doesn't know the word sit, teach them sit. If your dog doesn't know on your mat, get a mat, teach them on your mat. Now, when you want to give your dog attention, simply ask them to sit and wait until they're breathing normally, not hyperventilating, not barking, not whining, not clawing at you, not staring. Wait until they're breathing normally to pet them lovingly. Underscore, I am not telling you to ignore your dog. What I'm telling you to do is to ignore the anxiety-driven behavior and ask them to sit before you pet them. Organize their schedule. Fun fact, dogs are crepuscular. They're most awake at dawn and dusk. They are restful during the day. I strongly recommend, regardless of your dog's size, breed, or energy level, that you set aside two periods twice a day, one in the early part of the day before 9 or 10, one in the latter part of the day after 4 to play with your dog, to take them on an adventure. And then during that midday section, if you are home, let them rest. Simply ignore them. If you're giving your dog attention all throughout the day and there's a very unpredictable feeding and walking schedule, your dog might be amped up all day just because they don't know what comes next. And they're just 
trained on your every activity in case it means they might go for a walk or in case it means they might get some attention. Organize your dog's day around that crepuscular schedule that most awake at dawn and dusk. Next, revamp your departures and arrivals. So take your leaving the house, break it into steps and ask yourself, when does my dog start to pick up on the fact that I'm leaving? Is it when you put on a coat? Is it when you pick up a purse or briefcase? Is it as early as you're getting out of the shower? Now, take that routine and begin to break it up and introduce things throughout the day, like putting on your coat. But this time, when you put on your coat, pull out some treats or a toy and play with your dog. Does your dog get upset when you pick up your purse? Pick up your purse and again, pull out a bone so that your dog loses that predictability factor and gets less stressed when you're going through the routines of everyday life. Finally, your arrivals. Make sure your arrivals are very low key. Come in, ignore your dog, even if they've been destructive and especially if they've been destructive. If when you come in, you get frustrated with them, of course they're gonna be worried when you go out the next time. So this week when you come in, Ignore your dog, wait until they're calm, wait until they will sit down and breathe normally or listen to a command or at least grab a toy or a bone and play with that. Keep your arrivals low key so that your dog doesn't get reinforced for being hyper and impulsive when you go out. Okay, we've learned today about the signs of separation anxiety, how you might be reinforcing it just in the daily interactions of everyday life, and how we're gonna start breaking the cycle. Overall, we're gonna reinforce your dog for being calm, and we're gonna ignore, certainly not reinforce, signs of anxiety and worry when they can't connect to you. Okay. So you have some things to start with. I'm going to come back in next week and we're going to look at separation anxiety again from the standpoint of how to start getting your dog accustomed to being home alone and what that's going to look like. To have a couple of key takeaways from tonight, we've learned what separation looks like. It looks like a dog that gets anxious or afraid when left alone. Is this your dog? We looked at how you reinforce it, how people in loving their dogs so much actually reinforce their anxiety at being left alone and how to break the cycle. You don't break the cycle by leaving your dog home alone. You break the cycle when you're home with your dog. Don't be afraid to shut the door when you go to the bathroom. If you come out of the bathroom and your dog's so hyper to see you, you're going to remember to wait until they've calmed down, gotten a toy, or sitting on their mat to pay attention to them. Breaking the cycle doesn't happen overnight with a dog with true separation anxiety. It happens little by little in the choices you make every single day.